Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When something happens to your car, you might say... But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Living with infertility could be lonely and emotionally draining. If a friend, coworker, or relative confides in you and tells you they're struggling to conceive, it usually means they trust you and believe that you'll be supportive. However, figuring out how to actually give empathetic and effective support could be challenging, especially if you've never experienced infertility yourself. Today, we talked to Sandy Badeau, a mother of two, TV personality, blogger, and author of The Light After Loss about her infertility journey. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen. I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. All right. So this episode, I think, is a very, very important one. Because I think one of the things that we learn in this motherhood or, or parenting journey is that everyone's route is very different. And sometimes some people lose sight of that and they'll ask questions that they don't even realize are maybe offensive or just hitting a topic that is deeply personal and might have a lot of other feelings attached to it and we just don't know. Yeah, so this is a topic that was very important to us. It's something that we wanted to discuss from the very beginning. And it's also one that we got requested. Yeah. Very, very often I, when we asked for suggestions about what they wanted to hear about, infertility was a very common one. Yeah, and we also didn't know how to talk about it, right? Because there's a lot of information out there. People know some things or if they're in the thick of it, they have the, let's say, science or medical yeah. aspect of it. So it's like, what can we bring to the table? And I think we... Yeah, we and I'll put my little journalist hat for a second just <laughs> to give some facts. I think it is important just, you know, one out of eight couples, according to the CDC, struggling to conceive. So So the probability of you knowing someone who's going through this, they're pretty high. Mm -hmm. So we wanted this episode to be one of empathy and hope and hear from people who have gone through this journey and get what advice they have for us, right? Yeah. How could we be a support team that's going to be empathetic and effective during this difficult moment for yes. many people? Yep. But before we introduce our first guest, let's go ahead and do our motherish moment of the right. week. 
we always sit down and we don't really think of what it's going to be. Okay, okay, I have one. I have one. Okay, I have one. Okay. I have one. I have one. I briefly posted about it in my Instagram story recently, but this weekend, Victoria, this is a highlight. So it's a good, good moment. It's a good, good moment. I did some analysis of this. All right. So Victoria and I were, she came out of the bath. Juan had just finished giving her a bath. She was in her little pajamas. Her hair was still wet. She was so cute. And she's like, hola, mamá. Because she's like showing me her, she's still wearing Christmas pajamas. And so she's like, hola, mamá. And I was like, I grabbed her and I was like cuddling. And I was like, ay, que rico hueles, whatever. And then she turns around, looks at me, grabs my cheeks and just stops and stares at me. And I just kind of like froze because I'm like, okay, what's she gonna do? Like, I don't, what's happening here? And she kissed my forehead. And I was just like, <gasps> I immediately started crying. Like, I was like, <gasps> and one's like, what the hell? And I said, you know, this is the first time I felt that she loves me instead of needs me, right? Oh. Because you know your children need you. They need you to survive. They need you to guide them. They need you to freaking change their crappy diapers. But like, this was like a, I think she loves me thing versus, you know, and I was just yeah. like, oh, it's so beautiful. That's it was, so it was so nice. And first of all, I'm not very mushy. I'm not very like chicle like that. I don't do that a lot. Ask Juan, poor guy. But, and with Victoria, I'm never like, dame un abrazo, dame un besito, nothing. I'm like, if you, when you want to say, please talk to my mother. <laughs> I'm always like, when you want to, like, I'll be here for it. It just came out of her and it was so beautiful. It was the best. This is like in the movie Monsters, Inc. where, you know, like they fuel the tank of like laughter or whatever. It fueled my tank of, of like patience. And like the whole week I've just been like, yes, you want to break this napkin into 45 pieces? Fine. Fine. I love that motherish <laughs> moment. So my motherish moment of the week is, so I've spoken about this before. My son sleeps in his crib, in his room. He's been doing it for, I think since he was like three months. Mm -hmm. And people was telling me, you know, don't break such a good habit, right? Like don't get him used to coming into your bed or putting him to bed with you. He is a very, very yummy, delicious chubby baby mm -hmm. so I love to cuddle with him and but he just doesn't like being in my bed right like he likes to be in his bed and when he's in my bed he either wants to play or do something but he doesn't associate being in my bed with cuddling and just relaxing and you know he's still eight months <laughs> but I want to say about three days ago I was just so tired I picked him up made his bottle you know 6 a.m bottle and I was like you know what let's try this so I put him in my bed I tucked him in his holds his whole bottle his own little bottle kind of leaned him like with his back on my chest so he's kind of so watching spooning. the news yes <laughs> and we've been doing that for the last three days so now our new routine includes me bringing him into my bed for his 6 a.m milk he holds his little bottle I help him a little bit and he watches the news with me listen I'm all for this and I love it I love I mean, it I love it so we do that you know he finishes his bottle then I burp him and then we kind of go back to the regular routine but I don't know I love it it's like our little moment in the morning and now we get to do it in my bed and I have like I guess 15 more minutes of just like being the in bed the rule is whatever works for you I know but I love it I think he likes the news which is a good thing that, I mean I'm sure yeah. he's been listening to the news for a long time so you know. so, so we're gonna go ahead and invite our guest Sandy as we mentioned she's a TV personality she's a mother too she's an author, author. She's an influencer. She does it all. And we're excited to have her today. And she has a very moving, very transparent story. She wrote a book about it. I love Sandy's optimism. There are a lot of reasons why she could be a complete downer on social media, but she's the complete opposite. And it's very motivating. Yeah, I'm always saying being optimistic is so easy when everything's going well. Yeah. It's when it's going tough that you still need to have the same attitude. Yeah. So before we start chatting with her, why don't we have her share her motherish moment of the week? Hi, Sandy. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hi, ladies. 
ladies. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> my mother's moment is my kids playing together finally <laughs> because I have a little boy who is three and my little girl is one. So obviously when she was born, he was already very active. You always kind of had to keep them apart because he's little and you have to explain to him how you can play rap around her. And finally, she's like much more independent. She's sitting, she's playing and now they're learning to interact with each other. And there is a wonderful feeling that comes with seeing your kids playing together and loving each other. And it gives you some time totally. to <laughs> in each other. So that's the reason why I wanted a sibling so I can have to be the main entertainer. So that is really sweet just to see your kids playing together and develop that bond. My brothers are super important to me. So to see that happening to them is very, very nice. How would you describe the beginning of your infertility journey? When did it start exactly? Well, it started from the beginning of trying to have a child. My first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. And it was very unexpected. I don't think that anybody goes into, I want to start a family thinking they're going to face any difficulty. I didn't expect any difficulty at all. I got pregnant very easily. And that has been my case all the time. I do get pregnant very easily. But then the conception process is not perfect for me. So the very first loss that I had, had it was horrible but I didn't think about it a lot because I was told that it happens a lot and in first pregnancies is pretty common so I was like okay it happened we deal with it and then I got pregnant with Lennox uh, three months later as soon as I was allowed to try to get pregnant we tried and I got pregnant with Lennox and everything went great because I was an older mom I was already 38 when Lennox was born and I knew that I wanted to have more children I wanted to have my second child as soon as possible right away so again exactly right away so as soon as they gave me the okay to try to get pregnant I tried I lost that pregnancy and I went on to have three more losses after Lennox so in total I have four losses so four miscarriages and let's talk about the first one because I think it's important to highlight the fact that even we do it ourselves right when we minimize a miscarriage because it's common or because you know it's it's okay you know it's not okay but I feel like some women sometimes are not even allowed to grieve those first miscarriages because like you mentioned right the doctors tell you you know it's very common it happens to a lot of women but I think it's important to allow them to grieve right I mean correct me if I'm wrong Sandy to let them know that every single child is important every single pregnancy is important and the fact that it's very common doesn't mean that it's not painful right I am so glad that you said that because grieving is the word, you know, and I think that people don't understand it. And I don't think that unless you have gone through it, you understand that you have experienced human loss and you are grieving. It's a grieving process. It took three losses for me for somebody to say what I needed to hear. And it was exactly that. And it was my brother-in-law when he said, I am grieving with you. I am grieving with you. Up until that moment, people tried to help me and they told me many things that they thought were good and I know the intent was good but all of them were minimizing were minimizing the loss yeah so that's a, a key point right there no so going back to I think the message that we're trying to get across is how people who haven't experienced this can better support someone like you and it's what should you know, we be saying yeah. what should we not say during those moments you shouldn't say everything happens for a reason you shouldn't say, in my case, because my three losses happened after Lennox, at least you have another child. You shouldn't say, you were not that far along. Because every one of those sentences, I know it comes from a good place. But what they do, and I always get very emotional when I say this, but they invalidate your pain. They invalidate your pain. And that's why when my brother-in-law said, I am grieving with you, I looked at the message. It was a text message and I started crying hysterically because it was the first time that I felt that somebody was validating my pain. I'm sorry. 
and that they were giving me a right to my pain. Because every single time somebody tells you, you were not that far along, or at least you have another baby, you are heartbroken. And everybody's telling you that you don't have a right to be heartbroken. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy. Y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Catherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs ya. Let's talk about Mara. So, <laughs> yes. That's um, going to me happy real fast. <laughs> I know, I know. Let's talk about Mara. So, let's talk about your pregnancy with Mara and that whole process for you. That was definitely a process and it has been the most beautiful process of my life. And I am a better person because of it. When I got pregnant with Mara after four losses in total, at that point, you expect anything, you know. you. Uh, I was afraid of stillbirth. I was afraid of anything. I had a wonderful doctor who took great care of me. And so she was monitoring me so closely. I was seen every single week from the moment that I knew that I was pregnant. All my testing happened really early. So genetic testing, we did it super early too. When I was nine weeks pregnant, my doctor was feeling great about the pregnancy. And she's like, well, do you know we're going to breathe now? This is great. You're doing great. And I just started crying. And, and she's like, well, no, no, no. But you have to feel good about this pregnancy. You, you know, we're good. And she said, when are you going to feel good about this pregnancy? And I said, when I delivered this baby. I said, I am just so afraid of anything at this point that up until the moment that I delivered this baby, I will not be okay. And she's like, no, 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 no. You gotta get out of that mindset, blah, blah, blah. So I went home and I said, you know what? She's right. Everything's gonna be great. That was a Friday. And on Monday, I got the results for the genetic testing that said that Mara had a chance, a nine out of 10 chance to be born with Down syndrome. And it took my breath away. I mean, I was like, whoa, that's the one thing that I never really thought about. I never really thought about a genetic condition. I thought about loss because I had experienced so much loss, but never did it cross my mind that there could be that kind of situation. I was initially devastated. I was really afraid of the unknown, but I always like to tell this story because it's, it deserved to be told. In honor of my wonderful daughter, I have to say it, for four days, I was devastated. I was terrified. Got the news on a Monday, Friday morning, woke up, started the ceiling saying, what do you think you're doing? You are pregnant. If you are suffering this way, your baby girl is suffering this way. This stops today. And I can show you on my two kids that I never looked back. Never looked back. I grabbed my husband, who was way more afraid than I was, because he's a man. <laughs> 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 I grabbed him and said, think about this. We either grab this piece of information and are terrified and we don't do anything about it, or we count our blessings that we know it and we prepare ourselves for it. This is a blessing. And we're going to get ourselves ready and we're going to get ourselves informed and we're going to do great. And I went on to have a beautiful pregnancy. My pregnancy with Mara was awesome. Physically was great. 
I decided not to tell many people because I wanted to honor her pregnancy. I didn't want anybody to have a pity party for us or anything because we were fine. After the initial shock, we were okay. So everything that I showed was how I was feeling. I was pregnant with a baby that we felt really hard to have and we were just celebrating her. There was a line in your book, and I don't remember exactly what the line is, but so it's been a while since I read the book. You mentioned something about, you know, after all these losses, the fact that this baby was holding on to life, the days that you were crying before you decided, you know, this is it. And you said, you know, who am I to not help her? Absolutely right. Stick to life, right? Like to to hold on to this. Yes. You know, that's exactly how I felt. I said, you know, I went through all that loss and this girl has chosen me. She has chosen me. And I feel so ridiculously blessed for the perspective that her existence has have brought into my life. I am a completely different person. You know, Karen was saying I'm an optimist. And I really, I, I have always been. I have always been. But this is just has taken me to another level of, um, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I just watching this girl really puts everything into perspective for me about the miracle of life and how wrong we are in some assumptions that we have about how life should look like or, you know, where do we want our kids to go? Um, I don't know. I have learned so much. She's only one and she has told me so much. In turn, it's going to make me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting here crying in silence. <laughs> What advice would you give, Sandy, to women, first of all, who are going through an infertility journey right now, since you lived it, right? Because I think one of the things that we always struggle with, it's hard to be empathetic, like you mentioned, unless you lived through it, and if you've been through it, you have been through this, you know, what advice do you have for them? You have to follow your heart and whatever your heart tells you what your path is. In my case, for example, my doctor was extremely supportive of me continuing to try to get pregnant the way I wanted to get pregnant. Other doctors may have told me, oh, you should consider IVF or you should consider a more controlled process. Other doctors may have told me, oh, no, doctors, the people around you, you just need to stop. But only you in your heart know what you want to go through and when you, you may be ready to stop. Nobody has that answer for you and nobody should offer that answer for anybody. How was this for your husband? Because I think sometimes we forget about, you know, how tough this could be for your husband and for your family as well. Because some people describe, and I was reading, researching for the episode, like some people feel like they're walking on eggshells. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. That You know, so you, you don't want them feeling that way around you, especially if it's people that truly love you and want the best for you and your family. My husband, for me, was great. And this was, believe it or not, really good for our relationship because we have gone through a lot and maybe more than other marriages go in their entire marriage you know it was our marriage is not that long we got together and we had Lena a year later and we've gone through all of this in such a short period of time he was very very supportive it took me a long time to acknowledge that he was also going through that process that when you lose a child you are experiencing the loss of what you are picturing your life is going to be and you're not getting it and you're going through all that loss yourself too. I think it wasn't until I had my third miscarriage that I asked him how he was doing because I was completely wrapped up in my own pain and I thought that I was the only person feeling it because since you're going through it physically, you don't think that the other person is even close. Not that I didn't think that he was he was suffering because I did, 
but you think that they're like all other level, you know? He was as devastated as I was and devastated for me and for everything that I was going through, both physically and emotionally, because it's a very traumatic physical process too. So one more question around those who maybe have an experience and want to support. I know a lot of people that have dealt with this or are still dealing with it. So sometimes I'm unsure if I bring it up, if they don't bring it up. Like I have this battle in my head where I'm like, am I being insensitive by not asking and checking in? Or by asking and checking in, am I continuing to like have focus on that? And I What my reasoning in my head is, of course, they're always thinking about it. So I'm not going to remind someone about something so difficult that they're going through. My question is, is it okay to always be checking in or not always, but to be checking in when you feel like you want to check in on someone who's going through this? It is absolutely okay. It is absolutely okay because the silence is way more hurtful. Mm. The silence around you and the awkwardness around you it is way more hurtful. That's I the word, the my... awkwardness, right? Because yeah. you, yes. say going back to walking on next show, you know, do I bring it up? Do I not bring it up? Do I ask? What do I ask? It's just, and again, I think it comes from a good place, but sometimes it's just not, not effective, right? It's not the right approach. It is not, it is not. You know, the book starts precisely with that. I had, had just my last miscarriage and I went to a meeting, Karen was there, and I had already talked in social media about having lost a baby And I was hiding, I really, I wasn't really ready to see people. And a good friend of mine who was at that meeting too, she came straight to where I was, gave me a hug, grabbed me and said, how are you? And I just felt like, whoa, I can do this because nobody's going to be like, oh my God, look at her, or afraid to talk to me or afraid to make me cry. You appreciate the person taking the extra step to make sure that you're okay, much more than people being so careful not to hurt you that they make you feel invisible. Well, thank you, Sandy. This was this was very, very insightful. And I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people. I really hope so. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. Sandy was amazing. She was incredible. And we're so grateful that she shared her story with us. And we're also excited for next week's guest. Yes. So next week, we are going to stay on this same topic, but we're going to talk to a couple that's had a, a different journey than Sandy. They ended up going the route of adoption, but they have a beautiful, beautiful story. And I'm looking forward to hearing from them. They're also like one of those couples that you follow on social media and you're like, seriously, you're so cute. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so don't miss that and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much again for listening. For more conversations like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. We would really appreciate it. For more content from Motherish Moments and to connect with us, go to our Instagram page at Motherish or go to MotherishMoments.com. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo. Disponible en la app de Biggs, Jack.